This program is sponsored by FlatFeeForMeds.com. My wife and I are nearing retirement, and the prescriptions are starting to add up. Now I get my meds for one small monthly pharmacy fee and have enough money left over for Friday night date night with the missus. 90% of all prescriptions are covered. Check for yours at flatfeeformeds.com. Check it out if you want to save money on your prescriptions. Flatfeeformeds.com. Once again, flatfeeformeds.com and save money on your prescriptions. Welcome back. Speaking out, Jim Watkins here. Our website is jimwatkins1.com where you can read our articles. And we also archive every show. And we also have the podcast, which is on Spotify and really all the podcast platforms you can get your hands on, including Alexa. And uh, and I, a couple of topics here. Of course, we're on the heels of yet another primary, the first primary, really, of the United States. And with a resounding success, everybody is anticipating it is going to be a good night for Donald Trump. I've been watching him recently in a couple of more candid interviews instead of in front of the crowds of the, the packed stadiums. Uh, and I'll tell you, he has aged. I look at Trump now and there's a little bit, you know, I guess maybe somebody brought it to our attention that he uh, flubbed Nikki Haley for Nancy Pelosi in a speech, which isn't often. Uh, once in a while you'll hear him, but uh, it, it, the way that he speaks, his general demeanor uh, is usually pretty vague. Uh, and that's always been something that I've noticed. But people do that. People who don't have a real good oratory acumen tend to generalize. Uh, and, and the reason for that is because their thoughts are moving faster than their lips. And that's what happens sometimes. People that they're thinking so fast that they, it's hard for them to articulate and slow down a little bit. And that's always been a problem, uh, a, di a slight disadvantage for Trump. But he gets his message off, and he's a very good salesman. And so, but yeah, he has lost a little bit of a step, but not so much to the degree that me personally, that, that would be the least of my concerns. My main concern is he's too nice a guy. I, I point out in my article, is Biden poison pilling Trump? I, and I encourage you to read it. It's on uh, jimwatkins1.com. It's the first story. And I'll let you know if it ends up on American Thinker. I'm thinking it won't because everybody is writing about Trump right now. And what I did is I took two aspects of what's happening right now. One is that Biden knows that Trump probably will win unless something happens that we don't know about. And so I think Biden is sabotaging the Trump administration by putting landmines all over the place. Landmines with the southern border, landmines with 7 to 10 million people that have come into the country. How many of that includes gotaways? And these gotaways are coming like you saw that video the other day where a citizen journalist went in and actually talked to one of the migrants coming across the border. And they asked him, who are you? And the guy says, you're going to find out real soon who I am. That's creepy. So Biden is, I believe, placing all these landmines to sabotage the president. I mean, if he was willing to screw the people of New Hampshire for a political favor with Jim Clyburn and make South Carolina supposedly the first primary as a favor. I mean, what is he willing to do to his, his political opponents? And that's sort of the whole point, is that the Democratic Party will do everything they can, just like they did during his first administration, to sabotage this man. They don't want him to succeed. If he succeeds, and notwithstanding all of the, the, the landmines and bombs that they, they threw at him, he still was able to 
eke out a fairly successful administration and four-year term. He was still able to get certain things done that made America a better place for everybody. But uh, today, we have Biden, who's very vindictive, and that's the essence of the article. But again, the left is in error. The left is in error when they think that the reason that we're supporting or people are supporting Trump is because we like the guy. It has nothing to do with liking Donald Trump. It has everything to do with the pushback against them, the globalists, the internationalists, the wokeists, the socialists, the people who want to fundamentally change America into a melting pot of mush uh, where everything is relative and people could choose whatever they want to and it doesn't matter. And if you say anything, you get thrown in jail or you get followed by the FBI. If you're against trans kids, guess what? The FBI may be knocking at your door soon. They may even want to take your children away like they're trying to do in places like Washington State and California. If you are against uh, the, the fact that we have an unfettered border, you are called a, a homophobe or a racist because you believe in an idea called the integrity of the U.S. border. Every other world, every other country in the world has a border. Hell, we're paying billions of dollars to the Ukrainians to defend their border, but we won't do that for our own CPB. And so, uh, again, this is... This election is about a message to the leftists and the people on the progressive left who want to fundamentally change America into something that's an experiment. And America already knows what its purpose is. It's to be a more perfect republic, to give people a place where they can have liberty, self-determination, and the right to free speech and the right to free thinking. Those are the bedrock principles of our country and that there is equality, opportunity, equality. A person can come here from any country and make a living, eke out a living. It's why so many people flock to America because they see it as a land of true prosperity. But when the government gets too big, that prosperity dwindles and our rights dwindle. So that's why you're going to see uh, Trump come away with a humongous victory today, I predict. So we'll see where we're at in 24 hours. I want to switch attention. Uh, this is something um, people are talking about the Epstein uh, story. You know, they're still talking about the list and who's on the list. And uh, that if you're connected to Jeffrey Epstein and Epstein's Island, probably we're up to no good. And this is why they're protecting the letters and uh, what they call the list. Because people don't want to be associated with Jeffrey Epstein. It's bad news. It can kill you politically. And I pointed out to people that when Hugh Hefner died, it was within a year, he was praised as a hero. And I always thought that was interesting that on the one hand, you have a guy who forces people, to dress, women, to dress up as bunnies. Then he throws parties right there on Sunset Boulevard at, at the Playboy Mansion. And all these rich and famous and powerful people show up and they have their cocktails and they smoke their cigars and they have these young ladies walking around in bunny outfits. And nobody said a thing for 30 years, 40 years. They heralded uh, uh, Hugh Hefner as a pioneer. He was breaking glass ceilings. He was. It, it was an extension of the women 
lib movement in the sense that women now felt so liberated that it was okay to model in the nude for a wealthy... I mean, you talk about a guy who would never have survived today's Me Too movement. That would have been Hugh Hefner. And, but he was celebrated. Even in his death, I think he has a... I think he still has a, uh, a star on Hollywood somewhere. And, but I find it interesting that one culture celebrates a pedophile while another culture denigrates a pedophile. So which way is it? I'm confused. Who's right? Who's wrong? And I kept saying over and over, don't you think it's strange that Hugh Hefner was celebrated as a hero for doing exactly the same thing as Jeffrey Epstein. And people said, no, nah, that's not true. Hugh, you know, might, he might have had parties, but he was a socialite. He had a great magazine. He had a business. It was all legitimate. So now his wife, his, his wife who has survived him, Crystal, I think is her name, Crystal Hefner. She married him. There was like a 50-year difference between the two. And I don't know if you know, but his daughter ended up taking over Playboy, and Playboy is really just a, an echo of its former self. Uh, it's moved away from being sort of a men's magazine. And yeah, I don't even, is it even still around? I think it's not even available in paper anymore. I don't think you can get it in the mail. You used to be able to get it in the mail, which was a direct violation of the Comstock law, which is interesting. But no doubt that Hugh Hefner probably uh, padded a lot of political campaigns. He probably made the right donations. He probably curried the right favors. Because don't forget, a lot of people actually read Playboy, and there were a lot of cultural articles that could have steered public opinion toward one direction or another. Uh, every year, everybody looked forward to the top 10 musicians. I remember that. And then there was the college edition with all the, uh, you know, the college co-eds. It, it, was, it was a cultural icon, no question. But it was still run by a man who basically had a mansion full of women that were dressed up as bunnies and probably were having sex. And nobody said anything. But yet there's so much outrage over Epstein. And again, the argument was, well, at least he wasn't trying to blackmail people. Well, that's all changed because Crystal Hefner now says that Hefner, Hugh, set up all these cameras in all these rooms in his mansion, like 13, 14 bedrooms. And, and he had cameras set up behind the walls in all these rooms. And he would videotape thousands and thousands of hours of videotape of other people politicians, movie stars, directors, producers, all having their way with those little bunnies and all of it being caught on film. Isn't that interesting? So the question now becomes, what happened to the film? What happened to all the videos? And why did Hugh Hefner do it? Crystal said one day uh, towards the end of his life, they found these holes that were cut that were perfectly uh, circular to fit a camera lens. They didn't have video cameras back then, just real cameras. And he said, because it's my house. And it's interesting because there's a report that someone who had visited Epstein's Island had said to him, why do you have all these young women here? These, I, I'm assuming they're not minors, but why do you have them? And you know what Jeffrey Epstein's response was? Yeah, you got it. It's my house. So what it, what it shows us is that, uh, is that perception is reality. 
That's what it shows us. Two people doing the same thing, different generation. One praised as a hero, the other as a villain. 